Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Good morning. Good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. That's where we're going to be this morning. I'm really excited as we continue our series, Great Faith. And it has been just an extraordinary series as Austin kicked us off this year. 21 days of fasting and prayer. And then Pastor Shattered Bell came in, shared a great word. If we're going to have great faith, we need to have great faith in Jesus. He's the only way that we can access faith. And then Austin spoke again last um, two weeks ago on Noah. We took a pause, a hiatus, if you will. We talked about our vision of this year, which is to walk where we have this shoe wall right here to demonstrate that we're just going to walk this year. We're going to walk by faith, not by sight. And all year long, we're taking shoe donations. So you may notice a table out in the foyer with um, shoes that you can donate and We're giving them away uh, different times in the year. So uh, April 1st will not be April Fool's for us. It will be the day that we actually give our shoes away uh, to Christian Assistant Ministries. And right now, they need um, new and gently used shoes of all sizes. New and gently used shoes of all sizes. They're a ministry that is downtown that partners with homeless and and those who are uh, without or in need. And so we're going to give to them. It's going to be great. It's called Souls for Souls. There'll be flyers next week and you can drop those off anytime over the next two months. And my dream is that the foyer would just be a mound of shoes where we can't even talk to each other. There'd just be so many shoes. And, And don't be trying to take some of those shoes home, you know, like slipping off some of your shoes, getting this Under Armour right here. I know Chris has been eyeballing this one, you know, he really wants that one. So we had to get it in a size 10 because, you know, 13, he would have walked away with it. Just kidding. So I just want to encourage you to do that. So we took a pause to do that. We'll pick that back up Easter Sunday on that series called Walk, and it's going to be really exciting, Um, just a great opportunity, and we'll give you some practical tools to be able to invite your friends and neighbors to that series. And today we're going to just continue great faith. What does it mean to have great faith? And we're going to talk about a verse that's very familiar to a lot of us if you've grown up in church, and, and I pray that, that we would hear it in a new way or a different way this morning, and um, I just pray that all the time. How many know that it, it says that God's word is living and active? It's living and active, and, and so it's a, it's a book that was written, inspired by God. He breathed this book out, and, and man took those words and wrote them down in this Bible, and all these books come in alignment, and they all come in agreement, and there's one central theme, and the theme is love, and the theme is Jesus, and how, how when man fell, Jesus was coming, the Messiah was coming, he was promised, he conquered sin and death, and on the last day, in the last page, he's coming back again for his church. Amen? That's a good news for us because left to ourselves, there's going to be a lot of destruction. And that kind of leads me to my intro this morning, a, a journey 
in decisions. Life is a journey of decisions, a lot of little decisions that we make along the road that it makes up um, this journey that we, we have and that we're on. And I've been thinking about my life and, and just decisions that I've been making. And if you know me at all, and if you don't, I hope to know you. That's what I love about this church and this size, that I could at least know your name, right? I mean, we could at least know each other's name if, if I don't know everything about you. And, and um, <clears throat> so I pray that we're able to do that in this place, and it would feel like family, and, and that you would get God's heartbeat for you and your life. And, and man, I, I'm just, so if you know me, you would know that I'm an extrovert. Now, I'm an extrovert. That doesn't just mean I'm loud, although I am. It means that I audibly think out loud. Every time I'm thinking, I'm talking. It's just true. If I'm not talking, I'm not thinking. And believe it or not, ladies, guys can, can zone out, and they don't always have to be thinking about something. Can I get an amen, men? That was for you. That was like for free. Y'all said, come on, amen that. So we could just zone out. We could think about nothing. It's incredible. But when I start thinking, I start talking. And, and, and it's really bizarre if you ever catch me, maybe straightening up the chairs after service, midweek, maybe up here. You know, some of you have come up here and you've seen me and all of a sudden you hear words coming out of my mouth and you're thinking, man, this pastor is really anointed. He's praying over the chairs. No, I'm not praying. I'm just talking. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm not praying. I, I wish I was that spiritual to pray all the time like that, like Paul, pray without ceasing. But I'm just, I'm just talking. And it's really bizarre for my wife and I because I'll be in there. I'll be, I'll be folding socks or something. I don't do that much. But when I do, when I do fold socks, I'm going to do it awesome. And uh, so I'm folding socks and I'm just talking. And she goes, what would you say? Oh, nothing, babe. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Which isn't true. I said stuff, but I didn't really think I was saying stuff because it was all I was just thinking. And it happened to come out of my mouth. And so can you relate to that? Yeah, come on. <laughs> you and me, man, we're going to hang out and talk to ourselves. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Steven, I love Steven. Y'all need to get to know Steven. Man, I, uh, I, I found that though, though. And, and if you're introverted or you think internally, like, that doesn't mean you're shy, right? Personality introvert doesn't mean you're shy. It just means you think internally and some other things. And, 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 I, and I found myself being real negative in my self-talk. Like, just being real negative. I'm sitting there self-talking, and, and I'm probably something like this. Why does this person always sit here? Why do they put trash right here? Why is that coffee right there? You going to leave that banana peel there? Really? You going to leave that banana peel there? I mean, can you throw that banana peel away? This is God's house. It ain't your house. Come on, clean up. And so I'm, I'm doing that. Who spilled coffee again? They spilled coffee. They didn't even try to clean it up. Not even try. Not even put a napkin on it. They didn't do anything. I mean, who are these people? Are they any saved? Am I leading a church of unsaved people? I mean, what is going on here? And just negative, negative, negative. And then I'm negative about everything. I'm just talking about traffic lately. Used to when I first came to San Antonio, man, I came gun-ho. I was a missionary. I was on mission. I was ready to see the lost be found. I was ready for lights to be changed. I wanted to see new family trees happen that were growing in God. I was so excited. Man, traffic was there. I was just like, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, you can cut in front of me. God bless you, man. God's going to save you. And now I'm like, what are you doing right there? Why are you doing that? And I'm just talking out loud, and then, and then every once in a while, something comes out of my mouth like, man, you're so stupid. And then Benson goes, Dad, we can't say stupid. Oh, man, I got a kid back there. I was in my, what? 
It was crazy. He's corrected me more than once. You know, if you just need to be more like Jesus, have a kid. That's all I'm saying. Just have a kid if you want to look like Jesus. But do it in marriage. Do it in wedlock, please. Okay, so praise God. I, I just I just been self-talking like crazy and been just hating. I mean, I take Benson school. I'm just gonna prolong this intro because the message is so short. I take Benson school. I'm right there. I'm right there in this um uh, what they call that, you know, on the sides of the highway right there, the feeder road or whatever it is. And I'm sitting there and there's a big line. It takes like six lights to get through this. And so what somebody does is they ride on the shoulder all the way to the front, right there, and then they cut. And I decided I'm not going to let people cut anymore. I'm going to be the righteous indignation of God on this road for San Antonio. Forget about blessing them. Forget about loving them. I don't even care if they come to our church. If they're doing that, they need to go to that other church down the road. So, man, I just wait for them. I won't let them over. I'm cursing them and all this stuff. Not, not, not cussing, just cursing. Like, like you're, you're bad. You're, you're bad. <laughs> And the reason I'm saying this is because, because I just decided this year during the fast, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that type of person. I don't want to be that person who's always thinking negative thoughts, always being cynical. I don't want to be the person making these vows, making these inner oaths of, of hatred towards people or towards things or, or whatever it may be. And, and it creeps up on you so slowly, doesn't it? I'm telling you, when, when we play in church, you're like, Ben's the most positive person in the world. Five years later, like, I don't know if I'm going to that church, you know. I'm just, I'm, I think I'm leaving. I just decide I don't want to do that. And what I realize is life is a journey of decisions, and if you're, gonna, if you're gonna move in life, you just gotta decide. You gotta make some choices. And you gotta come out of the agreement with the vows and the oaths that you made that are not in alignment with God and start coming into alignment with what He has and who He is. That's what my prayer for you, and it's my prayer for me, is that we start coming in alignment with who God is and what He has called us to do. That, that we would muster up this courage to muzzle the negativity, to muzzle the things that aren't of God, to muzzle negative thoughts and negative vows and, and the thing that is trying to keep us in this world of fear and not faith. We are called to be in a world of faith and not fear. And there's only two worlds that you can live in, faith or fear. You can, you can do the analysis right now. I know some of you are already doing that. Well, what about this scenario? What about this case study? What about that? Fear of faith, that's the only two worlds that you can live in. And which one are you living in this morning? And I want to just let you know that it is a journey of decisions. A journey of decisions that, that one day you decide, I'm going to speak life. Oh, man, God bless that person who left this banana peel. They're probably in a hurry because the kid was crying and they were out. I just pray you bless them and that you start blessing their kid. I'm going to 
going to throw this away. Man, Lord, somebody spilled this coffee cup. They probably didn't even know they spilled this coffee cup. I'm just going to clean it up. God, thank you for a building where we get to spill coffee. Thank you for a space that, that we could do this. Thank you that for the people who made coffee this past Sunday, just to bring a little life into our building, a little environment of hospitality. I'm trying to make a home for people where they don't have a home and just realize I'm just going to make some conscious decisions to walk in faith and not this constant negativity of always thinking the worst and living in this atmosphere of fear that maybe people are out to get me. That's the fear that I'm believing, that people are out to get me, the fear that I'm believing in traffic. That guy right there is out to get Ben Chapman as he drives up there. I make a victim mentality and I start operating in this fear and I start to be controlled by it. But God has called you to be controlled by faith, to actually live in faith, or I would also say love, because those are synonymous. You would live in love, you live in faith, that you would live in this. And the reason why I want Luminous to do this is because Hebrews 11.6 says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God, for God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That he is, he is a faith God. He wants you to live a faith-filled life. He wants you to live a faithful life. He wants you to be full of faith in every situation, in every circumstance. This is what God wants for you. And when you start operating in faith and you start making decisions out of faith, guess what? It pleases God. That you and God actually are in a right relationship, a, a pleasing relationship that, that he can begin to talk to you and begin to mold you and shape you. And here's the thing is, if you're living out of fear, God can't do anything. He, he, I mean, he can supernaturally. There could be an intervention, a miracle. Maybe somebody's praying. But what happens is when you decide, I'm going to come out of agreement with fear. Which that's where the enemy wants you. I, I just want to let you know that, that we're, there's a real world of, of, of darkness, and there's a real world of principalities, and there's a real world of the devil, and there's a real world that is coming against you, and he wants to keep you paralyzed in fear. So I talked about we're a church that believes in the supernatural. I'm a church. I, we are a church. I am a church. I am not a church without you. I'm just a person. But we are a church supernaturally believing that God can break this, I can live in this. And when I start living in faith, God's pleased. Because guess what? God can start having a conversation with you. He can start talking to you. He can start whispering in your ear. Y'all can start spending time together. It's a great place to be. That's where, that's where God would want you in this journey as you're discovering God. So Hebrews chapter 11, let me just set the framework of this letter. This letter is written to the Messianic Jews, the Jews who put faith in Christ. And here they are. They're, they're starting the church. And as they're in, in, in this um, culture, they're being persecuted. It's a book about persecution. It's a book where, where the church is being persecuted for, for how they're living and how they're just trying to freely worship God. And, and how many know there's still some persecution that happens as you follow God? There is. I, I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. And, and the writer of this letter is unknown. Many people think it's a Pauline letter written by Paul. Some people, maybe Luke. I, I, I like to believe, and I really do, I like to believe that it was written by a woman. It was written by a woman, and maybe that's why the author is disclosed. Because, you see, women definitely in this time, and maybe even today, I would say, 
really understand persecution, don't they? They really understand what persecution was. They really understood what it was like. So as the church was being persecuted, they probably understood that in, in another impact, another level. And, and, and so here we have it, Hebrews 11, verse 23. Let's read. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. They were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses... When he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." First thing you need to write down if you're taking notes, great faith recognizes greatness. Great faith recognizes greatness. And this is, this is really great. Maybe if you're a parent of future parents, I'm sure there's a lot of future parents in here, grandparents, that faith is passed down. There's a heritage of faith that begins to happen. You see, as the Jews were enslaved, they all had faith as a people, as a body together, that God was going to set them free, that God's promises were yes and amen, that God was going to come and do this. And then you have this moment in verse 23. It was about faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was at birth that the, the parents had faith for Moses. You know, we always read about Moses parting the Red Sea. We always read about Moses' great faith. We read about how he led them to the promised land, up to the promised land. We read about all this. But did you know that that faith was almost a legacy of faith from his parents by having faith to provide for their son and rescue their son? How great is that? The faith is a transfer, and so I just want to encourage the parents and the grandparents and the future parents in here, your faith matters for your kids. Your faith matters for the next generation. Your faith matters, and I want to tell you this. Maybe you're not going to have kids of your own, that in this house, you are a spiritual mother or father, spiritual older brother, older sister, and your faith matters for those younger in this house. So no one has an excuse. And now you're like, why are you challenging me so much? And I don't know why. I just challenge. It's like I, I maybe like I should have been a personal trainer or something because <laughs> just taking it all out on you by yelling at you all the time. But it really matters to me that we would get this. And, and as they saw this, I, I, I can't imagine what they're faced against, that, 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 that this great faith, it recognized that that God's good and they were going to cling to it, that God wanted to provide for their kid and save their kid. I, I can't imagine, you know, what happens, you know, because not only is great faith an, a heritage for those, great faith takes great risk. Great faith takes great risk. And what I mean by that is, is that the parents who hid him took a great risk in doing that. As, as they hid him for three months when he was born, they saw that God had given them an unusual child. And it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There was these great risks. First off, we see Moses' parents, how they risked this great faith. 
I want to say that anybody can risk something for 30 seconds, right? Anything, maybe anybody can risk something for 60 seconds. Hey, let's go, let's go Fiesta, Texas, you know, ride Wonder Woman, you know? Let's do that, you know? Uh, but I'm scared. You know, you can just risk it, just risk it. 60 seconds and it's over, right? It's pretty easy. Uh, that was a pretty easy risk. It may have been challenging. But what about one day of your life being threatened? What about five days of your life being threatened? What about two weeks as they have this baby and this baby may be crying and, and just all the fear of what if somebody hears him cry? What if somebody hears him? What if somebody sees him? What if they see that we have this, this boy? What will they do? So I want to paint the picture of just the fear that they, that they could be faced with, but, but they decided faith. Not fear, because fear and faith cannot coexist. It can't reign together. It is either faith or fear, and they decided that we're going to have faith. And they began to step into this. And I think about, you know, in America, we are privileged to be in this country because we're kind of all our own kings. We, we all get to vote. We all get to decide on the rules and the laws. Like, you individually get a voice and choose. It's not dictated by a king. You actually have authority over your own life in this country and how you vote. Now, now we can argue that all day, but, but, but that's how it's set up, is that the, the people would rule. So you're your own king, and you have your own palace, and you have your own carriage. Some of you have multiple carriages, Right? That are really nice and, 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 and palaces that are really nice and, and, and you start ruling your own life. And when you rule your own life, you start maybe controlling it and you start, it, it gives you more permission to live in the realm of fear. Let me explain because you can start making vows and oaths that are in agreement with fear and you can stay in that and nothing will really challenge it all that much except for maybe yourself or maybe somebody that you let in as your own kingdom. Uh, let's think about some of these, these oaths or vows that have maybe been, come about because of fear. Maybe this, I, I will never marry. I will never get married. I will always be in debt. I will never be healthy. I will always be sick. I will never measure up. Or I will always struggle with this addiction. Think about these vows or these oaths that you make because of fear. And as you rule your life, you're like, I'm, I'm afraid, so I'm going to respond with this always or never statement is really what we like to call an inner vow or an inner oath that you made. I, I want to do something. I want to be so bold to do something this morning because I'm bold. And as your PT or, or your pastor, would you close your eyes with me? I know some of you are already afraid. You're already letting fear not let you close your eyes. I'm just kidding. I want you to close your eyes, and I just, I want you to think about this, because I want to challenge you today. Are there any always or never statements that you made in your life out of fear of something other than God? 
uh, out of fear maybe of a circumstance. Maybe your dad treated you a certain way over the last 18 years, so you said always or never, and you made a statement. Maybe you found yourself in addiction that you just haven't found any freedom from, so you just gave up and you just came in agreement with the addiction and you came in agreement with the vow. Maybe there's something that you have come in agreement with or something that you have spoken, that you have said, that was led out of fear in your life. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just reveal that this morning. Okay, look at me, if you would, please. The reason I do that is not to get you dwell on the thing that may have been controlling you. It's not why I'm doing that. I want to get you free from the thing that has been controlling you. I want you to come out of agreement with these statements that you've said out of fear versus out of faith. These statements that were not brought on about God, but brought up by, by the enemy. And, and so that's what I want you to do. And I want you just this week, just write that down and start praying for that and asking God, where did that come from? Why did I believe that? When did I first say that? And repent in this. What I mean by repent? Repent just means turn away from that statement. Say, God. I'm not coming in alignment with that statement. God, I'm going to give you this statement. I'm going to submit it to Jesus who takes away statements, who gives forgiveness of sins, who, who makes all things new. I'm going to give you that statement, and I'm going to start confessing true statements out of faith and not fear. Statements out of love and not fear. That's what I'm going to start believing in. Can we get an amen? All right. So I'm just going to do that. I'm excited. Let me talk about the fear just a little bit more. The, 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 the king's command right here in Exodus 1.16, it says this. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded, why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They're more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. <laughs> so God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. Quick note, God was good to the midwives because they didn't fear the king. They had faith in God. And because the midwives feared God, which in that moment, it's faith in God, they submit to God. He gave them the families of their own. So not only did he protect them, but he blessed them and he multiplied them. As you walk in faith, you're going to find yourself being blessed and protected. You're going to find yourself in the safest place you can be. I always heard this, and I know it to be true. The safest place to be is in God's will. That's the safest place for you in your life, is in the will of God. It's why if you are in the special forces, right, it's a dangerous field, but if that's what God called you to do, that's the safest place you could be out there out there in special forces. It is the safest place to be, and I just want to encourage you with that. 
And Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Fear destroys lives. Bottom line. Fear will kill lives. Fear will destroy your own life and then destroy the life surrounds you. That's what fear does. But faith lifts life up. Faith actually loves life because God loves life. He loves life and he loves children. He loves this moment and, and his, his, his parents. Jacobed and Amram, they, they were faced with decision. Do we hide this boy and do we let him live? Even though we may find ourselves being destroyed because of it. Or do we give in to fear? And that's our decision this morning. This morning, your journey will be made up of decisions, faith or fear. Are you going to walk in love or fear? Will you walk in God's goodness and his promise or will you walk in your own delusionment? You have a choice. And I want to encourage you that some days we do well, some days we don't. But God is moving us to a place where we'll fully be known or fully loved and fully in his presence. And it's the best place to be. And in this moment, part two, this great faith is great risk. We find that Moses takes great risk, doesn't he? Not only did his parents do it, but in Hebrews eleven twenty seven, it was by faith. That Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Exodus 2.11, many years later when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. He saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions and make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. I'm going to say that you may see some injustice, but sometimes there's a wrong way to do it, right? Please, Luminous, nobody go out and kill anyone this week. Don't bury them in the limestone. Don't hide them in the quarry. Like, that's not the way to do it. But what he did see is he saw that this wasn't the right way to live. He, he, he decided, I'm going to start walking by faith. He had a choice. Would he be royalty or would he be a peasant? Would he experience all of the kingdom there in Egypt? Or would he experience all the kingdom of God in the desert? The choice that he had and he decided to flee because this is what he felt like his journey was. Faith is a journey of decisions. And I just want to let you know, we all have decisions each and every day. Other than taking Benson to school, I drive a 2003 Tahoe. My wife and I, we, we got out of debt and we were so excited to be debt free in 2013. And, and, and we were just like, let's not get any unsecure consumer debt. Let's stay away from it. And so I drive this 03 Tahoe. I love my 03 Tahoe. When I go through the car wash, it drips a little water through the sunroof. There's a little rattle that happens. Sometimes it's louder than other days. It depends on how hot it is outside. You know, the, the leather is cracking. My radio doesn't work. My heater works sometimes, right? But I love this car. It's like it's debt-free. It's paid off, baby. 
That's awesome. So I love a debt-free car, but Benson's like, Dad, you need a new car. <laughs> Dad, you need a new car. Starts looking at cars. Dad, you need a car that like that. Dad, maybe we get you a car like that. I go, no, Benson, we like this car. This is what God called us to. We made decisions. We're walking by faith. This is our faith journey right now. Right now, Daddy has this car. And he's like, okay, okay, Dad. And so then he's, I'm like, let's go get some ice cream. He goes, Dad, I'm, I'm not going to eat ice cream because we need a save to get you a new car, you know? <laughs> It's very humorous. And, and, you know, the best part of life, you know, not the best, but one great aspect is when you have a kid just straight up with you. Just going to tell it like it is. And unfortunately, we go to this private school, and everybody there will drive some really nice cars. And I kind of have a choice. Am I going to walk in faith or am I going to walk in fear? Walking in fear deals with this whole idea of being rejected, um, being persecuted. You know, all of a sudden, my son, you know, thinks that the cars are cooler. Like, my son doesn't, isn't proud of his dad's paid-off car, you know? That's the reason we can get ice cream, son, and I feel good about it. And then you look around at everybody, and, and then you're like, well, maybe, maybe I like that car. Or maybe this one. I, you know, I can get a car any day I want. I just want to let y'all know that. I can go get a new car any day I want. I just decide. I decided for us... God's called us to walk this way. For you, he may call you walk differently. That's okay. Like, I'm not, oh, I'm not upset that you have, you know, an X5 outside. I'm not upset by that. I'm not upset by what you're driving. I just am encouraging us as a church to walk by faith. I'm not saying go cash out, you know, all your IRA, go sell everything you have, go downsize, live in a tiny house. Don't do that. Like, Walk by faith. What has God called you to do? How has he called you to walk? And you have to listen to the Lord for your life. Don't you? You have to listen to God for your life and the decisions that you make. This is what walking by faith is. Rick Warren has this quote. He says, Moses had an identity crisis. He was born a Hebrew slave but raised as an Egyptian royalty. The grandson of Pharaoh. When he grew up, he faced two options. He could pretend to be Pharaoh's grandson for the rest of his life and live a life of luxury and fame and power. Or he could admit who he really was, a Jew. If he admitted who he really was, his family would kick him out to live with slaves the rest of his life. He would be disgraced and humiliated and live a life of pain and drudgery. Which would you choose? Most people today are living lives trying to be people they're not. But Moses refused to live a lie because he was a man of integrity. He insisted on being who God made him to be, despite all kinds of peer pressure. That brings me my last point, is great faith brings about great reward. Great faith brings about great reward. In Hebrews 26, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he's looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And this is the journey of decisions one day at a time, that we'd walk by faith looking to the one who is the great reward. 
looking to Jesus, who is the ultimate reward for our life, that one day we would fully be known by him in eternity, but today we fully rest in him where we are, that we start walking as he's called us to walk into an eternal salvation. He is the greater reward for those who walk by faith. It's why in Hebrews 12, we picked up this tagline, and you see it blasted on our wall in our miniature foyer. The sign overpowers us. And it says, seeing Jesus clearly, that he is the author and perfecter of our life. So fix your eyes on him and watch how your life may be truly great. Would you stand with me this morning as I pray? This is the great prize. This is our great reward. Faith is a hard thing to live in, but it's a journey one step at a time. And I just want to encourage you to take that journey with us. Whether your week is full of faith or you find yourself wrestling with maybe some fears, I would encourage you that faith would overwhelm you. I'm actually going to pray for you that a level of faith would be deposited inside of you that maybe you haven't had before. So if you would, close your eyes with me. And if you just want more faith today, would you just raise a hand or two and just say, that's me, Pastor Ben. I just want a little more faith today. I want to walk by faith, not by sight. So Holy Spirit, I just pray for that, for everybody in here, God, that they would start walking by faith and not by sight. God, I pray that you would deposit great faith in each man and woman in this place, God, that they would take larger steps, greater steps to see you more clearly and that you would be their prize this week. In Jesus' name, amen.